Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Liberation from the mind. In this podcast, Eckhart talks to a live audience. He says the beginning of liberation is when you realize you are not the thinker. He says many people derive their identity from what the mind tells them. For those who have not yet awakened, that is where they find their sense of self. We free ourselves when we begin to realize there's a vast realm of intelligence beyond thought. And the things that truly matter, joy, love, inner peace, arise beyond the mind. The liberation is a liberation from believing that this is essentially who you are, that dimension of the mind, ultimately, the mental-emotional entity, the conditioned mental-emotional entity. And the liberation is when you realize the, the deeper I am, or the deep I, and you're then increasingly, as this is realized more in your life, more frequently, the space that this deep inner space emerges where you become still, but very present and alert in that stillness. And then you begin to realize that is something that doesn't need any defense and doesn't need to be enhanced because it already exists in a state of fullness which we could also call emptiness, because emptiness means it has no form. So on that level, you need nothing, and when you are connected with that level, this moment is perfect as it is when you live from that level. Now, there's the level, the surface level. On the surface, you may have to take action here and there on the surface of reality, but you, while you take action, there comes an, an alignment with the isness of things, because remember, is is the third person of I am, of, of am. It is. Same thing. So there, there comes an alignment with the isness of things, which and the isness of things is inseparable from the present moment. An inner alignment with the isness of things. That is, you no longer argue with what is internally. And then, if you don't argue with what is, already the false self begins to crumble because it sustains itself to a large extent by arguing with what is, on almost continuous inner resistance to whatever is in the present moment. That keeps the egoic self alive. Complaining does it, for example. Where's the next thing I can complain about? Oh, yeah, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. 
oh, this guy there, you know what he said? And then I said, you know what he, he didn't even have the decency of, so I told him what I thought of him. Stories, stories, stories. So you become liberated from what some traditions call the false self. I wouldn't necessarily even call it the false self. It's the surface self. But your sense of who you are comes from a deeper place. And then the surface self is fine. It's, it's your form identity. As a form identity, you're never going to be perfect because the form exists in the world of polarities. If you become good at one thing, then it probably means that you become bad at something else. You can develop, you can become a great sports person and break many records, but then you won't be solving problems of molecular physics. You know nothing about molecular physics. And the molecular physicist can't even dump one meter. Says, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> so you always encounter limitations, as of course you do. <laughs> so once you are able to access that dimension, it feels so such a heavy weight lifting of you. That's, and what is that weight? It's the weight of what the Buddha calls the self, which he said is an illusion. The weight of yourself, the self, the surface self. There's nothing wrong with the self except when it becomes the foundation for your sense of identity. And then it still continues to exist as your form identity. It is no longer the egoic self, the difference between your form identity and your ego is simply, ego is complete identification with your form identity. And once that no longer happens, form identity is still there, but your sense of self comes from a deeper place. And then your form identity is no longer ego, it's just your form identity. And the strange thing is that then these two dimensions can operate in your life not as separate, but as in a relationship, the same relationship that uh, the ripple has with the ocean or the wave on the surface of the water as with the ocean. That's the relationship between your surface self and your deep eye, the surface eye and the deep eye. They are ultimately not separate. The surface eye is a manifestation of consciousness in the same way that the ripple on the surface of the ocean is a manifestation of the ocean. But they are not separate. It's only when the ripple is unaware that it is the ocean, then there's a sense of separateness, which ultimately, of course, is an illusion. And this the realization of yourself as the deep eye is so freeing, liberating, that you feel a sense of, oh, I'm free of myself. And then you have a compassionate attitude towards your form identity. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. 
Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And the form identity becomes less crazy because a form identity that is unconscious, that is the ego, is crazy ultimately, even if it, it has areas where it can function. But there's always an element of craziness waiting somewhere. And certain situations bring it out. You might have noticed it in people around you. <laughs> I lived in a house in the countryside in England for a few years. And I had little income, so I had to rent out two rooms. And I had a number of various people staying for a few months. It was a town where people kind of didn't stay for ever. They passed through. A town that attracts strange people like myself. It's called Glastonbury. So I lived there, climbing the Tor Hill every day. It was wonderful. And I had tenants in my house, maybe altogether over the three or four years that I was there, maybe 10, 12, 10 or 12. And with the exception of two, so let's say there were 12, with the exception of two, the other 10 turned out to be quite crazy. <laughs> but you didn't notice it at first. It's only when you start to live with people, you might have found that also. When you start to live with somebody, after a while, you, you, uh, something emerges in them. Sometimes it's the pain body, sometimes it's some other mental dysfunction that's hiding in some corner of their minds, and it comes out when it gets triggered by certain situations. And some people are so subject to mood swings that we share the kitchen, and whenever in the morning at breakfast I heard the footsteps coming down from a tenant, you never knew who was going coming down the stairs. A lovely, happy person or some angry monster. And two uh, did not manifest craziness. So the, the unobserved mind is crazy one way or another. Of course, in some cases, extremely crazy, but by the way, I'm using crazy because very soon it will belong to, uh, to the growing number of words that are politically incorrect, so I'm using it as much as possible until I can't use it anymore. <laughs> what do you mean, crazy? I feel insulted by crazy. You're judging people. Well, that's true, but then on the other hand, 200 million humans killed by other humans in the first half of the 20th century alone, that's crazy. Okay, I've said it one more time. <laughs> so your 
your form identity begins to operate a bit more smoothly and there's a connectedness with the deep eye, the mind, your mind becomes informed often by this other intelligence that is deeper but non-conceptual. And then it uses your mind. It can use your mind in whatever way. So the, we are here to practice more this other way of knowing that comes from the deep eye. We are educated, most of you, some of you have PhDs, and if you're unlucky, you even have two PhDs. So we don't need to here train the analytical mind or memory. There's nothing wrong with that. You can, there are courses you can take and books you can read. That's all fine, it has its place. And we're not here to increase knowledge. We're here to access non-conceptual knowing. So there's the knowing through concepts, mental analysis and judgment. And that you do, for example, when you perceive things and you, you label them mentally because you know what they are. Or you think you know, you can meet another human being and after a minute you've already formed an opinion about that person. And if somebody asks me, what do you think of that person? You will immediately tell, well, I think he's a but whatever it is. So of course, you may, you may have deep insight into what the makeup of other people. It might, but in many cases, the opinion that you have of others are a reflection of who you are. And in many cases, have absolutely nothing to do with them. That's another matter. They're more of telling of who you are. You know the saying, you don't see things as they are, you see them as you are. <laughs> so which means you see them through the conditioning of your mind, the screen, and that is, the, that is knowing things through concepts. And here we want to step out of that and practice knowing things through awareness or through presence, which means you don't apply thought. And that is your practice, especially here on the retreat, but for the rest of your life too. As much as you can, as you perceive things, the beauty of nature, other humans around you, or see and you breathe in, you smell, you hear the sounds, you sense the air, the breeze on your skin, all those perceptions, and your practice is to, as much as possible, refrain from formulating an opinion or judgment. Just be the awareness in, through which the perception happens. Then you're living from the deep eye. And occasionally, of course, certain thoughts will come into your head. But then may be able to recognize them as just part of your conditioned thinking. It's no longer a problem and you no longer completely believe in every thought that comes into your head. In other words, you no longer get taken over by every thought that comes into your head, hijacked, kidnapped, kidnapped by every thought that comes into your head and, and that goes away with you. And then you, you talk about in your head or out aloud. An example I give, you can walk through a forest here. You can uh, look around at the, there's some birds, there are trees, there's 
a little bit of snow left here and there on the ground and you can contemplate these things through applying your knowledge because you might know the name of the tree, the name of the bird and all kinds of things or you can bring a simple awareness to your perception and know it in that way. An example I give is very early on when uh, I went through this transition of consciousness, I began to realize this other way of knowing. I was visiting a cathedral in England. It's not very well known, but it's magnificent. It's north of Cambridge, I don't know how far, half an hour, one hour drive. It's called Ely, E-I-E-L-Y, it's the name of the town. It is a very ancient cathedral. And I walked in there and walked around for 15, 20 minutes, going like, wow. And then I walked out. It was an incredible, wonderful experience, that space. Somebody later asked me a question about it, and I didn't know what to answer, what because I knew nothing about this cathedral. I experienced it only through presence, in a very deep way. Now, if I had had a guidebook, or even more so, a recording that you carry, that you rent, and you put the earpiece in your ear, and it's a guided tour, you press a button, and it tells you, okay, now step five steps further, you will see a statue of so-and-so. This is very interesting and the, the architectural style, and then this section was built in the, the 12th century, and this was a, so interesting, very interesting. But it's a totally different way of experiencing this cathedral, and there's a place for it. If that's the only way in which you can experience things, you're very limited, and you are not very deep, and you don't experience things in a deep way which means you don't experience other humans in a deep way either, and you don't even experience yourself in a deep way. Everything is surface. There is a place for that kind of knowledge, but if you're trapped in that dimension alone, it's extremely limiting. Ideally, you would be, have both. So you go experience that place without any knowledge, through awareness, and there's a depth you know it, but not you can't say much about it. Maybe later you could write a poem about it, it's possible. Because that's how creative poems are, use language creatively. They, they have to operate, first of all, from bare experience. And then later they sit down and then some words may arise. If you could do both, that's a balancing act. You learn a lot about whatever this place has the works of art that are in it, or whatever it may be, or the, the forest, the trees, but you are not compulsively trapped in that dimension only. So you are, if, if you choose to experience it, not through conceptual knowledge, you're able to do it, even though you may have the conceptual knowledge. That's the advanced art of living. But here we emphasize not knowledge, you're not here to acquire more knowledge because that's, there's enough of that in the world. All you have to do is go to your computer or the, your iPad and you have infinite knowledge at your fingertips and it's not going to save you and it's not going to save the world. You can increase knowledge and it's, it's increasing continuously 
but it's not going to save the world from destroying itself, only the deeper dimension, if that comes in, and so it can only come through you. So you here you experiment with the beautiful state of not knowing from a conceptual point of view, but there is a deep knowing in that. Practice it with human beings. Look at them and just be the presence. You can look into their eyes while they talk and sense, while you look, sense your own presence, the underlying presence. And if you can sense your own so-called, it's not your own, I'm just using those words, if you can sense your own presence, you can sense their presence or deep eye that is, one could say, underneath the personality. And then there's a deep connection with the other. And then the other is no longer totally other. And that's wonderful. And then there's an outflow of goodwill towards the so-called other from you because you no longer want anything from him or her. You simply enjoy the beingness of the other because you enjoy your own beingness. And so finally we've come to the word joy. The joy of being arises from the realization of being. The realization of being inherently is joyful. But it's only one word you could use. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. As you probably, some of you or many of you probably know, in Indian spirituality, that state of connectedness with being is described with three words that are strung together as if they were one word, and they come from Sanskrit. And the three words that are strung together, the first is sat, S-A-T, which means being. The second word is chit, C-H-I-T, which means consciousness. And the third word is ananda, A-N-A-A-N-A-N-D-A, ananda, which means joy or bliss, joy. Now you put these three words together because then they become one word, ananda, being, consciousness, joy. They are three aspects or facets of that state of connected, inner connectedness, that is the deep I. Being means because being, consciousness means consciousness of being, being becoming self-conscious is inherently joyful, Satchitananda. 
And this is a term that's existed for already for thousands of years in India. More practical tips so that you don't get uh, distracted too much while you take your attention more deeply while you're here. Take your attention more deeply into being or into attention itself. Purely practical. Don't turn on the TV in your room, please. I have not installed hidden cameras to check on you. <laughs> Second, limit your interaction, the interaction with your devices. If you cannot eliminate interaction with your devices completely, and I understand that you may not survive if you do, at least put aside just maybe once a day, 15 minutes, when you check your whatever it is that comes through, whatever text, email, Facebook, Snapchat, uh, Tinder. Uh, it's all very important, but there's something more important, and that's why you're here. So now let's see, I suggest to you that you make an agreement with yourself not to go there any more than is absolutely necessary. And I mean, if you occasionally you have you get it out and to take a photo is okay, but also don't interact with things around you only through imagining what it would look like as a photo on your phone and then say, okay, I'm going to fully experience this beautiful thing when I get home and look in my photos. In the meantime, I'm more interested in taking this photo because that's what the, there's a species that has developed out of Homo sapiens, a branch species called Homo touristicus. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, walk around continuously with either camera or things or thing. You see them every day, they come in buses. <laughs> and then in the evening, the Homo touristicus goes home, mostly, and then you are left here. And you might notice it becomes quite still outside at this time. And the days are very, very long here. You may find that unusual if you come from a more southern place. That there's still daylight around even at 10.30. There's still light in the sky. So, and then it becomes very still here. So you can walk along the lake or just wherever you are and just be, become aware of that, that surrounding stillness. And as you become aware of the surrounding stillness, of course, you become still yourself. And if you are still, it means you're not thinking or very little thinking. And it means you're aware, it means you're present. It means you are living through the deep eye. So use nature that is around you, live through the deep eye. And during the daytime, if you're walking and there's lots of, there's a long weekend here and tomorrow is a holiday in Canada here. So there's more tourists, homo touristicus, than usual. And if you get upset by the fact that there are so many tourists walking around, then you just practice this beautiful spiritual practice of accept, acceptance of, of the isness of this moment. And immediately you become still too. 
without needing external silence. Complete acceptance of this moment, including the tourists, and you're still. Oh, I don't know how tourists will develop in the future as a species. In Thailand, in, uh, just near Bangkok, they interviewed some uh, near Buddhist monastery. They interviewed some farmers and farm workers. They would give food to the monks. That's the tradition in Buddhism in Thai, in the South Theravada tradition of Buddhism. The monks come with their begging bowls every morning. They just stand there. And then the local people come and put food. They are dependent. It's done on purpose. There's a wisdom behind it. Or the Westerner would say, why don't they work for a living? <laughs> it's... <laughs> The monks stand there with their begging bones, and then the poor people who hardly have enough themselves, they come and put some food, a bit of rice, whatever, in the begging bowl. And the monks just stand, they don't, they, don't, they don't say thank you, because it's a privilege for you to give food to the monks. That's part of the tradition. So the Westerners interviewed the farm workers, they said, why do you give your food to the monks when you have so little yourself? And they were they began to, to talk, talking to each other and say, well, because we want a better incarnation next time, so we are accumulating merit, so next time we come, we are born into a better condition. And then the Westerner asked, so what do you want to come back as in your next lifetime? And then they talked amongst each other. And finally the agreement was, we want to come back as tourists. <laughs> <laughs> because they observe these people step out of their buses, they're well-dressed, and some are obviously so privileged that they are quite big bodies, <laughs> uh, which means they have plenty of money, they can eat as much as they like, so that's a great thing. And then they do all kinds of things. They, they seem to have sex all the time. And so it's a great thing. So wouldn't it be great in my next lifetime to spend my whole lifetime as being a tourist? <laughs> they don't realize it would be a dreadful nightmare. Oh, yes, one more practical thing. Intoxicating beverages. There's no prohibition here on anything. There's just a recommendation and that is to refrain as much as possible from intoxicating... If English is not your native language, it means alcohol. <laughs> uh, refrain as much as possible from intoxicating beverages. However, if you cannot enjoy a dinner without a glass of wine, then you can have a glass of wine. It, one glass of wine would not unduly interfere with the arising presence in you, but two might and three it will, <laughs> unless you're really already deeply engaged in presence, deeply rooted in presence, in which case you wouldn't even want to drink too much, and you certainly wouldn't get drunk. So as little as possible, I recommend none at all would be great, but since everybody here is spiritually advanced, if you do have a glass of wine, you will not be judged. <laughs> so we've talked about the distractions on the external level, television, devices, 
intoxicating beverages or other intoxicating substances. I would advise against it, at least here, and never indulge even when you're not here. As you probably know, I, I, I've already mentioned, I, I tried it a couple of times. I have to because people ask me questions about it. <laughs> I cannot answer if I haven't tried it. It wasn't that great. I prefer my normal state of consciousness. It's it felt a little bit almost oppressive. But I can see a person who is tortured on a daily basis by their mind. It can be a relief to have a smoke. But here we have something better. We are not falling below thinking. We are rising above thinking. And that is the next step in, in human evolution. As you rise above thinking, you don't need to fall below thinking anymore because you become liberated from your mind in the dimension that is transcendent to thought. So, and another practice of course here is the moment-to-moment -moment practice of accepting the isness of the present moment. That's a powerful way of, and a quick way of going beyond the surface self, the egoic self, which means stop complaining either internally or externally. Of course, if there's something that needs to be changed, of course you go to the reception or you make a phone call if suddenly there's water coming through the, through the ceiling. I hope, hopefully I'm not manifesting it by talking about it. <laughs> there's water coming through the ceiling and the mattress and you on it are getting drenched. You don't say, accept oh, what is, stay. <laughs> stay on the bed. Eckhart said, don't complain. <laughs> so that's, that's not the practice. But it does mean that when you finally go to the telephone and tell them what happened, it's not done in a complaining manner that says, how dreadful this place is, how can you allow something like this to happen to me? This is dreadful. That strengthens the ego. No, you just explain what is and what can we do about it. And in the meantime, you surrender to the fact that you are wet. <laughs> so I'm, that's what is. In my very early stages when I was beginning to kind of read, not teach, but I realized after my transition, a couple of years after, right, friends that I had, they, in a subtle way, they turned into a kind of students of mine, which was very weird. So there was one friend that lived in continu almost continuous discontent with the state of things. And then I, st I talked to him a bit about many things I only realized when people like that asked me questions. And uh, sometimes I became still because I didn't know the answer, never know the answer beforehand. But then because there was a demand, a question had been asked, out of the stillness, the answer came. So he must have asked certain things, and then the answer came, and then he kind of said, oh, what do you mean by that? So there was a kind of spiritual awakening. And one day he arrived where we were going to meet, on a, everybody had a bicycle there, and it was raining, it was totally drenched. And he came in 
and said, oh, I'm totally wet. I, I didn't complain it at all. He said, the wet I came, I just, I became a duck. <laughs> and it was totally fine. That might have not been the best example because ducks don't get wet inside. It's Therefore, we have the expression, water off the duck's back. But anyway, I know what he meant, which means he became totally one with that arising condition. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.